in case you, you might have missed some of that, let me, let me put it to you in a different way. If I mapped out my past route, it would all be hard to swallow. Heroin took my parents in and spit them out as a broken model. Broken bottles and no tomorrows. Lonely sorrows and phony mottos. Like, I'm doing good. I'm just fine. But inside, my soul was hollow. My life was a hot mess. Home far from spotless. Syringes left behind cabinet doors. Liquor bottles in closets. I went to church a few times. They shook my hand, said, God bless, but no one embraced, closed in the space. This orphan needed their arms stretched. By the time I was 16, left my house for the third time. By 17, I didn't have a home. Nomadic roaming to survive. Inside, I hated God. I waited long for love to land. Loneliness was my only friend, and no one seemed to understand. And all that is a true story. So how did I get here today? My heart beats to God's rhythm. Jesus Christ took tears away. But how'd he do it? Here's the way. One man didn't fear my space. He took me into his home and then showed love with the clearest grace. Taught me how to love God, love my wife, and love my neighbor. Now I've been married 10 years, three kids. There's nothing greater than loving the lost. When it's uncomfortable and comes at a cost, if he never reached out his hand, then I would have run for the cost. Although his complexion was dark, ethnicity different, our races reconciled when he stepped in with assistance. And right now, the lonely ones need your open arms. So let the church arise awake before the coming dawn. Yeah. God rescued me. From a life where I, I, I've explained to you, right, the, the, the sin that, that was done to me. But I don't want to overshadow the sin that was done by me. Because God never promised that your parents won't get addicted to drugs, right? God just promised that we are to honor our parents. You know, he didn't, he didn't tell us exactly what if that depended on their performance or not? He just said to honor the parents. And at a young age, I began to have so much bitterness, right? And when I talk about my journey from that to here, it's a long story, so I'm not going to tell you the whole thing, right? But why are any of us created? That's where my story starts. Because my frustration with life was because I wasn't living for the reason that I was Made And this is in Isaiah 43, 6 through 7. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the end of the earth. Everyone who's called by my name, who I created. Uh oh, there's about to be a message. Everyone say major key. I created for my glory, which I formed and made. So I was created to glorify God, right? And, and that means to honor him, to make much of him, to respect him, to, to follow him. So it's not mainly that, that God rescued me from a house of drug addiction, which he did. It's not mainly that God rescued me from homelessness when I was 16 years old, nowhere to live. I'm sorry, I was 17 years old, nowhere to live. I was going from house to house and a family took me in, although he did rescue me from homelessness. 
It's not that God rescued me from from fornication and, and rescued me from arrogance and rescued me from having a murderous heart. The main thing that he did was rescue me from trying to find pleasure in creation rather than living to find pleasure in the creator. God rescued me to himself and God even rescued me from himself for he would have stood as my judge if I was to die in my sins. So I went on this journey and I would say my journey was from feeling forgotten to knowing I was forgiven. And that's what I want to land with all of you tonight is that I know uh, all of us deal with suffering from one level to the next. I'm not here to compare my suffering to yours. I do prison ministry and I've, I've traveled through Houston and gone to youth shelters and group homes and juvenile detention centers. And I've heard stories that make my life look like leave it to beaver, like just the perfect life, right? So this is not what we're doing, right? We're just admitting we have pain in our life, pain that is caused by what people do to us, pain that is caused by the sinful choices we make. And sometimes we get this disconnect to say, God, where, where, where are you in all of this? Because, you know, I was five years old the first time my dad had me repeat a sinner's prayer, right? We weren't like, we would like go to church on Easter and then the pastor would be like, oh, I'll see y'all on Christmas, right? It's just like he knew we weren't going to be there until Christmas. So we weren't faithful attending. We didn't faithfully attend a church. But my dad had me say the sinner's prayer when I was five years old. So I invited someone who I didn't know in my heart. Anyone remember the movie Aladdin? It's an amazing movie, right? That was my main source of theology. I thought, oh, Jesus, genie. Okay, he's my personal genie, right? If I wish stuff hard enough, he'll do it. I was also five years old the first time I saw my dad overdosed on drugs. So interesting parallel. In and out of rehab, right? Second grade go off into a rehab. I'm sent to live with grandparents and then my aunt and uncle and then suicide attempts when I was in third grade, fourth grade. My parents go back into another rehab and there's this cycle. But I'm, I'm believing in my genie, right? I've created a God that I'm comfortable to pray to, but it wasn't the God who revealed himself to us in his word. And because of that, by the time I was 13, I was so mad at God. I remember my dad had gone from, he used to leave our house and go to South Dallas and he would go on binges for days where he would leave and do drugs and not come back. But when I was in middle school, he started bringing the drugs home and I was forced to see my dad under the influence of horrible things and the things he would do and the fights and the physical violence that he used to lock himself in my, me and my brother's bathroom and he would stuff a towel under the door and he would turn on the bathroom vent and he would use drugs and I would go to bed And I would hear him with the vent on. I'd wake up, get ready for school. The vent is still going. And I'm like, he's been in there eight hours. He's he's dead. He's overdosed, right? I would go to school and literally trying to prepare myself. Okay, that your dad is gone. Your dad is gone. And then I would get home. And by the grace of God, he would still be alive. There was one particular time that he was in our bathroom and had been locked in there. It was on a Saturday. And his mom called. I answered the phone. And... I remember I took the phone and I threw it out the door. I said, your mom's on the phone. I just threw it. And then I broke down in the entryway of our house. I was in seventh grade. And I said, 
God, please take them out of that bathroom. I believe you can do it. I know you can. Restore my family. Take away the drug addiction. Give me a normal family. I believe you can do it. In Jesus' name, amen. And my dad, he grew angel wings and he flew out of the bathroom. No. It only got worse. By 15, now not only are drugs in our home, but other druggies are camped out in our living room. Drug dealers are coming and threatening my dad and threatening to kill me and his wife because he owed them money. So when I was 16, I just took all my stuff, put it in a trash bag, and I left. And I showed up at my aunt's house and lived with her for a season. And I lived with her for, there was five days past before my parents were like, oh, he's gone. In a moment when I really know that my bitterness towards my parents was cemented in my heart and my bitterness towards God was rooted was after a few weeks I went to go get some things from my house now raise your hand if you're a mama's boy you better raise your hand Julian because I know you and your mom right that's great so I'm, I was a mama's boy even with all the messed up stuff so I'm going and I see my mom and my parents were split up they weren't divorced but they were he was living in an apartment and my mom was at our house and I'm and I got some stuff and man I I got back in my friend's car. We, we weren't, okay, it wasn't a car. It was his mom and dad's minivan. Yeah, we were, that, we were those kids in high school. We just drove his parents' minivan. And I got back in the van, and I'm telling you, I feel this lump in my throat. I'm like, gosh, I, my, you know, my problem as a kid is I always wanted to save my mom. I just wanted to just rescue her. And I felt so bad. I'm like, man, my mom's just alone in there. And I've been gone for three weeks, and... and I was like, stop. Yeah, I'm a dramatic person, right? We got like a mile away. I was like, stop the minivan. <laughs> they, I opened the door. I'm like jumping out. They're like, whoop. I'm like, no, just go. I ran home. I, I was like Forrest Gump. I ran. I never, I don't even like to run. I'm pigeon-toed, right? I ran so fast. I get back home. I'm like, mom. She's like, oh, son. I'm like, hey, I'm going to stay the night with you and maybe I can move back in. So I go to my room and I'm like, I don't live here. There's nothing, there's nothing to do. There's just carpet and dust in the corners. So I turn back out of my room. I'm like, mom, I walk down the hallway. Mom, look in the living room, turn around, go to the kitchen. Mom, go down to their bedroom, open the door. Mom open up her bathroom door, and for the first time in my life that I know of, a parent snuck out the house on their teenager. I saw her window open, and I had been there for like two minutes, and she left to go hook up with some friends to use drugs. Now, our phone had been turned off, right? Bill not paid. I used to use the pay phone. Y'all know what that is, a pay phone? Maybe, yeah? I used it so much, I would get mad when people were on it. I'd be like, hey, you need to get off my phone, Okay. <laughs> Right. Like people like knew the number. Like, hey, you know, I'll be there around three o'clock. You know, just call me. I'll pick up. Right. You know, and so I, I, I had no money. I had no one to call. It's late. I just waited. I slept in the house all by myself, just boiling in anger, woke up, scrounged up some change and went and called a friend to come pick me up. And here was my problem with God. Where were you all present? God that night. <laughs> Where were you when I was in fourth grade and my mom attempted to take her life and my brother 
pulled her down out of her closet. She was hanging by her belt and he physically had to pull her down. God, where were you when two days before Christmas, my dad blew all the money on crack and we got socks. Where were you when my dad showed up to me and my brother's job and was trying to take money from us and just made a huge scene at our, at our workplace? Where were you? I just felt like I didn't even want to hear an answer, right? You ask a question sometimes, but you don't want to answer. We do that. That's what I was doing with God. I was asking him, but I wasn't listening. I was just mad. High school, I'm trying to rap. I'm getting into the battle rap scene. I just hate everyone, right? I just feel like everyone is just so happy. I hate it, right? I was just mad. And I was hurting, right? And I was mad at God. And then my aunt, she had to take in her daughter and her son-in-law and her granddaughter. And like, you know, if you're going to rank like where you stand with your aunt, you're like definitely under her daughter. She definitely loves her first granddaughter more than, more than me. She does love me more than her son-in-law, but they kind of have to stay together. So, yeah, she, you know, she was like, there's one room. I have these family of three I have to take in. And maybe it could have been different if I said, Aunt Laurie, I have nowhere to go. Maybe they could have worked something out. But I was so ashamed, right? So I'm like, I live with my brother. I show up at my brother's house. Hey, he had roaches so big, they had muscles. And his house was so dirty. And his landlord said, if you let one more person live here, you are getting kicked out. There's three people on this lease and there's seven people who live here. Like, no more. So my brother's like, hey, dude, he was a skateboarder. He's like, dude, I can't, man. I'm sorry. I'm like, I remember I snuck into his house one time and slept under his bed. I did. I snuck into because I was like, he told me I couldn't stay there. I have anywhere to stay. Oh, my gosh. He had a futon, too. Those are really low to the ground. It was so uncomfortable. And I was like, this could get awkward. He doesn't even know I'm under here. But thankfully, nothing weird happen, right? I eventually move on to staying at a friend's house and another friend's house until school is starting. And your chances of a sleepover during a school week, you know, they are drastically decreased, right? But I spent the night at these kids' house for three days in a row, the first week of school. And I knew this family, right? You know, I met this family. One time I went to the park and I always knew their sons, but I saw their parents they were playing basketball. And they were nice. They're like, hey, you want to come play with us? I'm like, sure. What's your name? Dylan? All right, John. <laughs> hey, he was a scary black man. So I was like, okay. My parents gave me the wrong name. My name's John, right? He said, John, you're on my team. We're playing basketball. And he keeps saying, John. And I'm just like, John. He'd throw the ball. Ugh, oh. He's like, John, what are you? I'm like, oh my gosh, I keep, I keep looking for John, but I'm John. Three months, I was friends with his kids, and he's like, hey, John. And then one day, I left, and his kids were like, Dad, his name's Dylan. He's like, why didn't he? Th- well, you were scary. Like, his veins had veins. His hands were so big, like the size of a watermelon. And so this scary man, right? I come in. This is, I've spent the night at their house three days. I walk, they live right by the high school. I walk in and normally his parents would be gone, right? They had a cleaning business. You ever open the door and don't expect anyone there? And then someone's like right there. It was like, hey. I mean, I, he was that guy. The one that just knows he, all the teenagers are scared of him. And he just enjoys that. 
So he's like, Dylan, what do you want me to build, God? Right? He says, do you need a place to stay? And again, that shame and that, I'm like, too embarrassed to tell him yes, but he knows. He says, you can stay with us. Let me tell you, this family, they were poor, but they were happy. And man, they taught me like, all the ways to make Kool-Aid and you don't call Kool-Aid by the flavor. You call it by the color. It's just red Kool-Aid or orange Kool-Aid or purple. Right. And they taught me all the ways you can make ramen noodles. They taught me how to make a peanut butter syrup sandwich. Right. All these things. But I remember they went to the Goodwill and they bought me like this dirty mattress for 10 bucks. And they set me up in their in their kids rooms. Right. So like uh, their youngest son was like a year younger than me and their oldest son was like a year older. So I was just I was friends with both of them. And uh, wow, God begins to chip away at this heart and he starts to answer some questions. And it took this one man that God brought into my life, Dennis Dickerson Sr. It doesn't just sound scary, right? Say Dennis Dickerson. It just sounds like just weird and scary, right? He brought him into my life. And it's the first time in my life that a man has looked at me with authority. Because my dad couldn't hardly make eye contact. Because he felt so much grief and regret. My parents didn't discipline me much. Because they felt like they lost that authority because of the choices they made. But this guy would look me in the eye and ask me really hard questions. Hey, he was all over when me and your mom were talking. It was scary. We'd be on the phone at 3 in the morning. You better get off this phone, boy. Okay, but he's happy that we're married now. Don't worry, right? He, he, but he was invading into my in my life. He, I used to come home and he would take me into this room where you're not allowed to sit on the furniture. It's really weird to me. They had to keep the plastic on it. This is a cultural thing. You don't sit on it though. We just talk and you look at it. And he would say, "Dylan, where, who who do you look up to?" And I would just name you know whatever rapper I was into. Why do you look up to him? What, 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 what price did he pay? Well, if I was honest, he, he paid the price of his soul to gain the world, right? And he would say, is it worth it? Like, ah, that's a hard question. They would go to church, early service. They would stay late. I was, he would go up and say, hey, this is my son, you know, uh, you know Dennis, Trevar, and Dylan. And I was the only white one. And they'd be like... <laughs> And like, I think they lost some friendships at their church because people thought they were crazy. And they were happy. You know, I, our whole life, I thought marriage was a curse. That if God hated you, he's like, you're married for the rest of your life. And I thought, I don't want that to happen. But they were happy. They were happy. They were awkwardly romantic when friends were around. And we'd be like, we're leaving. They'd be like, good. And I'm like, ah, right? They would dance. They loved each other. He would come in. We had like a little studio that we were trying to have, right? We put like little bed foam from Walmart up in our closet. And he would come in there with a whole sheet of scriptures. And he'd be like, I bet y'all can't write a song about this. And we'd like, oh, yeah, we can. So we would get the scriptures and we would look them all up. And he was giving us God's word. We didn't even know it. We didn't even know it. And for the first time in my life, I saw what the gospel could do to a family. And I wanted that. I wanted that. You know, I lived with them just for that rest of my senior year. And always, I was pretty much lived there before then, too. I was over there so much. And it changed my life. Because that next year, in 2004, there was a time 
when I broke down in my car because God answered the question, which was, where were you? And he said, 2,000 years ago, I came down from heaven. I put on human flesh. I was born of a virgin. I lived a life you could never live, Dylan. I lived a life your parents could have never lived. And then I submitted myself as a payment and died a death that you deserved. And I hung on that cross as a drug addict, as an alcoholic, as an abusive husband, as a disrespectful kid, as a bitter teenager, as an impure young man. And I absorbed this payment. And then I rose for you. And now my hand is extended to you. And it is extended to your parents that if they would turn from their sin and trust in me, I would make them a new creature. And, and I realized that this whole time I had pointed my finger at God and my parents' sin and I was blind. And it took a, a period of six months where God was convicting me over my sin. I'm like, what is going on? I used to love doing this and now I like want to die you know, after I do it. What, what is going on? And God's spirit was working on me. And in September 2004, I, I just trust, I turned from my sin and I trusted in Jesus. And that gospel that I had heard and I saw and I felt, I believed it. it. It wasn't just good news. It was my, it was good news for me. In my life, not everything changed overnight. Hey, I did listen. I did turn on Caleb, though. Literally like 30 seconds after this happened, I was like, I don't know what to do, God. But I know I should listen to Caleb. Right? <laughs> I, 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 and then I called my girlfriend on a track phone. And you only have so many units. I had two units left. That means a lot. I'm like, hey, this has happened. I can't explain it, but things are going to be different for us. You know, you look at what God has done now, bringing that story and bringing it now to Kyle, Texas for you to hear. You look at Julian. You know, my wife, when she found out she was pregnant, 16 years old, once her sisters found out, they gave her the money and they went to the abortion clinic in Louisville, Texas. And thankfully, there was a law that said if you were under 18, you had to have parental consent. Well, she wasn't going to tell her parents. So her friend, her, 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 her oldest sister got a co-worker to impersonate the mom. And the lady never showed up. My wife will tell you, she's like, I don't know what Jesus did to that lady. I don't know if he like wiped her off the face of the earth. We don't know what happened, but she never came. So they eventually the nurse came out and said, I'm sorry, you, you got to have to make another appointment. And by God's grace, she never made another appointment. Right. And she endured the shame and the, the, the all of those things. And she chose to keep Julian. And now, look, here he is. And, 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 and it's all part of this big story that God is presenting to you right now to say. I'm taking away your excuses. I had so many excuses to not believe in Jesus and God just started taking them away. You know, God saves us from sin. He saves us from all these things, but he also saves us from our excuses. There's no excuse. I used to say, I can't be a good dad. You have no excuse. I've shown you how a heavenly father loves his child. I don't know how to be a husband. You have no excuse. You have the model of Jesus to follow and how to love and deny yourself and to love others, right? And so now, April 6th, it's April 6th, right? Cool. God has brought, taken this crazy white kid who raps and has brought him here to say, look, maybe it was my story that you needed to hear. 
See, if I offered you guys a million dollars or a parachute, hopefully y'all are normal enough to say, I'll take the million dollars and I'll buy a parachute, right? And it, it wouldn't, I mean, your value system would say, I'll just take the million dollars. But if we're like 35,000 feet in the air and the plane is crashing, I'm like, hey, you want a million dollars or a parachute? The million dollars means nothing to you. You want a parachute and you're going to put it on. And what I'm telling you is that when you leave here, they're going to try to change your value system as to what's most important and what's not important. But I'm here to tell you that put on Jesus. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Trust him. Take him as your savior. Because that is what you need. That is what you desperately need. That is what changed me. That is what freed me. You know, the bitterness, God melted it away. And I was able to love my parents. In 2007, my mom was submitted to a mental institution. We took Julian and the family to go visit her. They wouldn't even let Julian in the facility. We walked around the side. I remember he reached his hand through metal bars and he held his grandma's hand. And I thought, God, I, I love her, but I, I, just, I just don't have hope for her. But seven, like, like about seven months later, in July 2nd, 2008, he reached into my mom's heart and he, he took out her wicked heart and he gave her a new one. And she's been sober since July of 2008. She's been living for Jesus, right? She's one of the greatest examples, right, of God's grace. So you wonder why I talk so much about God's grace and why I'm so excited and so passionate because I see it everywhere I look. I see it. And I share it so that you guys can see it and that you guys, if you have not received the Lord Jesus, he rescues. That's what he does. He rescues people. I hope you realize you need to be rescued the same way I needed to be rescued. If you've been rescued, praise God. Know that every day, Ask God to rescue you, right? It doesn't stop here. We just, we continually to trust in the gospel. So I didn't know if the worship team was going to do one more closing song. Is that going to happen? Yeah. And let's just pray as they, as they come up here. And, and if anyone, of course, I'm going to be hanging out here afterwards. There's going to be merchandise. If you don't have money for merchandise, I actually have a free album at dylanchasemusic.com. Just ask me the website. I know y'all are going to steal my music off YouTube anyway, so you might as well just go to my website and get it for free. But, uh, Talk to me. Talk to a leader here. If, 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 you, if you really need to receive Christ, and, and I'm just going to, you know, worship team, and I can hand it off to coach. But I just want to pray. Can we pray? Lord, we thank you. God, the way you just set up this night, Lord, that, that, that we started off earlier saying we're not impressed, and that now that we've heard this beautiful message, clearly there's so many in this room who are impressed with you right now. And just impressed by what a generous, loving gracious God you are that you never promised that we wouldn't have pain or wouldn't have upsets and struggles you just promised that if anyone would turn and trust you that you would never cast them out or push them away so God I pray for you to just move on our hearts to be impressed with you to be deeply in love with you and to cling to you and trust you I thank you just for this church that's here in Kyle, Texas. I thank you for the leadership here. I thank you for all these young people, just the respect that they've shown and how they've listened. I never had to tell them to, to be quiet. God, I know your spirit is at work in doing something. 
God, if there's any who, who, who have not experienced that transformation where I can say, this was the old Dylan and this is the new Dylan. I'm not the same person. God, I pray that you would make them a new creature, creature and create in them a clean heart and renew a right spirit, God, as we just sing out to you and worship you. God, I pray that you would fill our hearts and that they would overflow in praise. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.